Hey guys, welcome to a special edition of the Small Council Radio. Uh, we were unable to do a live show for this recording, but we have two very special guests with us. We have Yannick Burr. Hi. And we have M- M- Michael Rumsbums. Hello. And they both participated in that big 100-person event. It actually ended up being 96, though, correct? Yeah, absolutely correct. Yeah. So 96 people playing A Song of Ice and Fire is a hugely competitive event. And uh, here in America, we're just chomping at the bit to hear from you guys just what your experiences were, uh, some of the missions you played, and what you think of a, an event at that scale. And obviously, we're very curious to hear... Um, from you guys, because you both did really well. Uh, Yannick placed fifth with uh, Starks, correct? That's correct. And then then Michael placed tenth with Free Folk. Yes, correct. We would love to hear about it from you guys. So um, let's get started first with with Yannick. If you want to go over the two lists that you took, and as you're telling us what was in the list, maybe just give us a brief explanation on... uh, what your thought process was when you designed the list, if you were going for more of a highly balanced list, offensive, defensive, uh, yeah. high activations. Uh, so yeah, just go ahead and take off and let's hear your two lists and uh, what you think about them. So um, just before I start with lists, uh, this was a seven um, game tournament where um, all missions except the siege mission was played. So um, also... Um, the Winds of, Winds of, of Winter. Winter and Dark Wings, Dark Words, yeah. And so I opted for um, one list with Nancy U Commander, that was Howland, another list with a Field Commander for the other missions. Um, Howland is Nancy U Commander, so I want to have, yeah, lots of activations. In this case, it was 10, I guess. <laughs> and <laughs> it was uh, it was my favorite um, list to be honest. Um, and the other list was the Roderick list, where I want to go very control heavy. Um, it was okay, but uh, it has uh, its flaws. So um, yeah, both commander I really like to play, and I will just start with the Holland list. Um, like I said, I wanted as much activations as possible, but I don't want to have three combat units. So uh, I only got five combat units, two wolves, and three NCUs. Um, so I have enough activations to out activate lots of my opponents, but yeah, I don't have the trouble with. Um, yeah, only weak combat units who can't um, pierce through armor or which have other problems um, against more elite lists. Um, so my Howland list was Howland as a commander, of course. Then I have Swan Swords with Recon and Osha. Then Shaggy because I have Recon. Another unit of Swan Swords with Mira. Um, this unit, especially because um, I want two Krennicman units. This one is my first, because Mira is in the Swords. Then I have Sword Swords with Zero. It's my first um, more elite unit, um, because Zero buffs this unit uh, offensively, especially on the charge with uh, Sucks Fury. You can get a lot of damage, um, especially when you combine cards um, from the basic deck 
uh, with the charge like devastating impact or not a ferocity. Um, yeah, so um, a unit that has, that has a high damage potential and also it's very defensive because um, Zeruk um, uh, gives the enemy melee attack a minus one to hit. So yeah, it's very stable. So I can put them nearly everywhere and they will survive and do damage. Then the next unit was Berserkers with Bran and Hodor. Um, this unit, another unit which has a really high damage potential, also against um, highly armored units. Yeah, and also Bran is also a bit of control because he can um, debuff charges because they get disorderly and lose attack dice. And yeah, so the unit is a bit glass cannon, but you have the tools to get around um, these one-hit charges from uh, um, Lance Cavalry, which is the biggest problem to them. Um, then I have Summer, also a free wolf, and at last I have the unit of Krennicman with a Krennicman Warden. This unit is really good when you combine them with Aria, so you can um, move them forward as your last activation. So your um, enemy can't respond to the activation, then shoot with the order. And at the next turn, um, you can activate Aria. Effect. Next round? Next round, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> next round, you activate Aria, then move, shoot. You get rewards because of the um, warden, uh, yeah, because of the warden. And then, if you play it right and have the right timing, your first player in this round and can shoot again um, over the attack zone, or um, only the activation if if your opponent plays reverse, for example. So the Krennic men are able to one-shot units pretty easily even a bit more uh, armored units with a 4 plus defense saves, but it's especially um, brutal against units with lower armor, so 5 plus, 6 plus, and a weak defense save, a uh, weak moral save, because um, they will do lots of panic tests, and yeah, I pretty much one-shotted units with this combination. Um, yeah, and it's a pretty cheap unit and has a lot of damage potential at one point in the game. So my NCUs are Howland. Um, Howland is really good because um, gives gives minus one to hit. It's useful against nearly every unit. Um, you can yeah shut down um, the biggest. Uh, damage potentials from from your enemy. And then Sansa and Arya. Sansa, I think she's pretty good, even after the nerf. Um, you have to play it a bit different with her, but she's your insurance at later stages of the game. And Arya, because Arya is a sheep and it's you, like Sansa. And yeah, the combination with the Krennic Man and the Krennic Man Warden is so brutal. It's there's no reason not to include her here. Also, I need her to get Zirio. Um, yeah, 
I really like this list because um, I have pen activations and strong combat units. The only problem is that I can't play this list in um, scenarios where I need a field commander to get advantages. Um, but in the tournament, I realized that my other list with Roderick is also not that good because I don't get the advantages that often. So maybe I should have played uh, Howland even more than three games. <laughs> Um, yeah, that was the Howland list. Um, <laughs> then, <laughs> but it's funny. Everything is okay. <laughs> okay. He really dislikes the Howland list. To make this clear here, <laughs> I I actually think it's a pretty strong list. Um, yeah, I, I think the guys listening in the U.S. Um, I think um, we we have somewhat of a love hate relationship with the Kranigman. Uh, you have guys that just absolutely love them like you do. And then you have guys that just completely refuse to field them. Um, I think a <laughs> lot of the reason for that was the, the fear of Circe before the change to panic. But yep. even now, them only being able to take two to four wounds, you just, I, I personally just don't see them used a whole lot. And I think they're a fantastic unit. So um, maybe your insight on how to use them with you know, what you just explained will we'll change some of our listeners' opinions of them, and they'll, they'll give them a try, because I think they're a really, really good unit, and they're, they're underutilized. So. But, um, uh, to be honest, I can understand uh, most of the complaints against Krennigman. Um, they're really situational, and I won't play them outside of the Hornet list. Um, yeah, they're so strong because, yeah, they're Krennigman. They synergize very well with his cards. Um, also, his cards um, have uh, a good control element in it. Um, also, you can do chip damage to enemy units. So, um, yeah, just to damage them over time, it's really nice. And gives also a bit of control and a bit of fear to your opponent that he just loses a unit while activating them um, because of the damage over the cards. Um, yeah, the Krennic Man are really nice, but they have a weird damage spike. Um, if you use them in this com combination I, I mentioned, they have a really high damage output, but before and after that, they're okay. okay or okay because yeah, they're, they do damage, but they do non, no con consistent damage over the game. And I think that's the real problem most people have with this unit. Yeah, but they are kind of um, Knights of Castle Rock. So um, one trick wonder, one trick pony, um, yep. which hits once a game, but you cannot avoid it. Uh, I think there's no chance except of Tyron Lannister to avoid the damage they do. Yeah. Also, um, can combine them with uh, Swift Advance, so you get another free attack. So you can uh, get two attacks within one um, activation. Yeah, and, and you don't need area for this. It's just, I think, area with Swift Advance um, is the max um, maximum damage output they can get. And yeah, that will definitely destroy a unit. I think Rob offers a little bit to that unit too. Um, yeah, two of, of his cards giving you 
effectively um, the free retreat action. So he gives them the ability to pop off twice. You could use them similarly to what you said. Um, if you've got hit and run in hand or you've got uh, tactical regroup in hand, you could move them as your last activation, get them into combat, retreat out, and shoot them on your way out. And then if you're going first on the next round, then you can charge them right back in and yep. they can do some more damage. But uh, I, I, I see what you're saying. They, uh, it, I think they're difficult to use, and I think that's a lot of reason that people don't really gravitate towards them is because they take a pretty fair amount of setup and uh, you have to play very carefully with them. But I think they have a really high ceiling and they have a great reward factor. So, Yeah. Also, um, what I need to mention here, um, Krennicmen are so so fragile that you don't ever want them to get hit. So um, with this combination with Ariel, you have two... Um, to maneuver, yeah, to maneuvers, so you can go outside of the arc, of the line of sight of the enemy unit you are hitting, or you need to make sure that the enemy unit is dead. Because when they get, get hit back, if you let the enemy do this, um, yeah, they will die. They will just die. And I think that's also a problem. Yeah, but, you typically, but you typically have... Um, Three attacks, so about uh, 18 hits, um, free morale uh, or panic checks. Yeah. Um, and maybe if, if you do it right, um, two of the attacks are in the flank. So, yeah, I think <laughs> yeah. murdering a unit is pretty sure. Yeah, but, but you need to make sure that they hit the right unit. So, yeah, that's, ah. I think, the only problem which you have to consider when you set your army on the table up here so um yeah, i think that is really everything about the howland list i think it's a great list i really love to play them um i will go just short over the um, roderick list roderick was my favorite commander before 1.5.1 uh, after the 1.5 changes he got really buffed with his, with his um, change to the order and he has great synergy with his tactic cards um, after 1.5.1 I play him in Bowman so I can for example play the crit card where he gets crit on 5 plus and he gets also rewards when he attacks a vulnerable enemy so you can have great combinations with his cards, with the vulnerable token and the long-range uh, range attack, and you you have a really high damage output with a unit that can shoot at the enemy pretty safely. Um, so I have him in a unit of bowmen, then I have two units of sworn swords, then a unit of stormcrow mercenaries with Rickon and Osha. Because I want Jackie Duck for another activation. Um, at last unit, I have the Outriders to yeah have another threat to my opponent, and also a unit that can um, can protect the Bowman if the Bowman are placed a bit more more freely on the battlefield, so they are a bit more open, and the Outrider can um, defend them because they have the ability to charge uh, potential threats before they can hit the bowman. 
So the Outrider are more defensive unit in this list. And yeah, that's a bit of a problem because um, then the Outrider has um, have not the ability to go around the enemy, hit them in the flank or in the rear. And yeah, it's not the ideal list and I would not play this list again. Um, oh, also be before I finish, I have Sansa, Revis, and Walder. Revis and Walder because of the control elements. And I think this list is okay, but um, you're lacking something. Um, I had really problems um, fighting against units that are more elite than me because I don't have the tools to cut through armor, armor or yeah, just deal with, with bigger units. But against units like Berserkers or Cutwalls or, or Freefog, the unit of Bowman is so, so good because you are able to one-shot unit with the crit card. Um, I think it's Combat Prowess. I'm not sure. Um, yeah. You have a high damage output with the Bowman, but that's the only unit. You have a real high damage spike. And if your opponent realizes, then he shuts the unit down or plays um, the weaken token on them. And then you have problems dealing enough damage to kill your opponent. Also because you have, um, have 12 points in NCUs. And I think that was a little bit too much. Um, even if I like the, um, the control my NCUs gave. Yeah. So that, that card is press the advantage. That's the one that gives you critical, Oh yeah. in uh, Roderick gets critical blows on a 5+. plus. Um, the other one is cancel all abilities on the unit. Yes, and, can't, and no cards. It's it's effectively a second winner is coming, which gives you basically four in the deck. Now, personally, playing Night's Watch, I can tell you that uh, <laughs> that card is the reason that Roderick gives me nightmares. Um, <laughs> basically, uh, since you know we've already explained that the Night's Watch is primarily reactive, um, having four of the cards in your deck able to keep me from playing some of my reactive cards is really problematic. So I think this list would be great against uh, Night's Watch list. But uh, uh, continue. Sorry, I just wanted to point out the name of that card. So if anybody yeah. was considering picking up Roderick, uh, they go read his cards, they would see exactly what we're talking about and see that uh, yeah. interaction that he gives to those bowmen. And yeah, I uh, only... <laughs> Confusing both of his, of his cards. Also, the other card, the third card, is um, Martial Superiority. I think it's the best card in the game right now because it lets you shut down an enemy attack and um, the attack loses all abilities and also they lose two attack dice. Um, there are lots of units out there who um, have lots of keywords like Sundering, Critical Blow, Wishes, or something like this, or even more strong keywords like the um, like uh, the Execution swing? of Fury or Mighty, Mighty Swing. I think Mighty Swing is, is, the, is the best example because it completes the shutdown, the attack. And yeah, I think because 
Um, there are lots of offensive units and offensive abilities on these units. Um, I think, yeah, I think it's just a great card um, nearly in every matchup. And there is every time an opportunity to play this card. And yeah, also a reason why I play one trick, <laughs> just because of this one card. Yeah, so when they attack Roderick's unit, they also automatically become weakened. So it's yeah. um, it's kind of uh, it's kind of kicking them when they're down, right? They lose all of their abilities and they yeah. lose them. But <laughs> on top of that, they become weakened. So it's uh, yeah. it is a very very good card. It's very oppressive and very controlling. So yeah, um, I think the list. The, the idea behind this list was to get a really aggressive list because I have various Walder, also the control cards of, um, of Roderick. And with all this control, I should be able to uh, yeah, get, get more advantages of, out of them um, because I have a disadvantage in my combat units because I have less uh, points in my combat units and don't have really big scary units like other lists have um, and that was the idea to get, to just get the advantage over the tactic spot over effects from my NCUs and control the game and with more game control I should be able to um, get the, the board control back and I think that worked mostly um, but yeah, that, that that's the risk that if your control is not working as good as you expected them to work, um, you will have a problem. And that was also one of the reasons I lost my game. Um, lost this one game I lost because I was not able to get the control back, which I didn't have on the, on the board. Yeah. Um, also, another disadvantage, you have a fee commander, but you have a fee commander which can't step forward and on an objective in most of the game modes. So you're effectively just playing without a fee commander. That is also a reason why I said at the beginning that I should have played uh, um, Howland more often than Roderick, which I didn't, and it doesn't felt that good because I didn't was uh, I wasn't able to get that much uh, additional victory points over my commander as I hoped um, I was would be able to. Yeah, that is also one thing you should consider when you play Roderick and Bowman. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it's a that's actually a little bit of a problem. Starts in general, Starks are very strong. And they obviously won this event, but uh, I think outside of Tully, really, really, really slow. Um, they don't really have a really good strong bunker where you can just uh, put your commander in that unit and to the center of the field and 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 hold it down and, and be okay sitting on that token with with no real concerns. Um, but that said, um, the list I feel like your list is really strong, but I think. Yeah, with him and Bowman, it's hard to really um, push him onto that token and, and be able to hold that for the game. Yeah. 
exactly. <laughs> yeah, I think that where yeah, my lists and I think I I said the most uh, the most important things about this lists. Yeah. <laughs> Um. <laughs> yeah. So if if that's if that's the summation of your list, uh, do you want to go ahead and go over your two lists, Michael? Uh, okay. Yes, of course. Um, I played free for org. Um, one of my lists was um fixed for I think six weeks uh, at least before the tournament. Uh, or since six weeks before the tournament. Um, that was my Hama list. Um, I played her with 10 activations. So four raiders, two trappers, a unit of uh, spear wives, um, Stier or Steyr, uh, NCU, um, Lady Val, and Egrid, um, and six skin changers. So I played about uh, 25 games with this uh, list before the tournament, and it was pretty, yeah, strong in most matchups, um, especially against very aggressive uh, games, uh, against uh, pretty aggressive uh, players and uh, army lists, um, because I can buffer uh, their attacks with my bears. Yeah. Um, Nothing special about it. it. Yeah, I think it was designed against Starks most of the time. Um, and my other army was pretty mm, newish because uh, with the 1.5.1 uh, update, um, cave dwellers got nerfed into the ground. So my uh, original army with uh, or Reaper army did not work anymore. So I had to improvise. Um, yeah, I played the Reaper in Follower of Bones um, next to four raiders um, and two trappers, accompanied by Man's Raider NCU, um, Lady Val and Egret, and three skin changers, and of course, um, Hama attachment. Um, yeah, it was something that I could not test that much before the tournament. Um, and I especially was not very confident about uh, the Follower of Bones. Um, I played a tournament before with the Follower of Bones and the Reaper, and uh, I don't like the endurance. The, uh, the endurance just did not exist. Um, they <laughs> die <laughs> as easy as uh, a unit of raiders. Yeah, and it was the same problem uh, during the tournament. Um, the unit of follower of bones for 46 points, they just don't do enough. They are scary, yes, but they are uh, they die pretty easy. The enemy just has man, yeah, just has to focus a little bit on them. Maybe do do a double turn um, with the high activation count of Starks. It's um, absolutely possible to do a double turn uh, or double round on them. Yeah. And then they die. So, Hama performed much better than the Weeper. Yeah. So it's interesting. Um, actually, I think, I think possibly a unit that has six plus defensive save and movement six with a four morale is 
far more survivable than five plus defensive save, uh, seven plus morale, and then five movement. I think that's probably the problem that you were running into. Yeah, the uh, the follow up damage from the panic as well, where you couldn't rely on them to pass their panic test. Yeah, of course. Uh, they got crown bombed in nearly every game uh, I played them. And especially against my uh, Free Folk opponent uh, in the final game, uh, who played also the Reaper as a commander in Follower of Bones. Um, he shut my Follower of Bones da uh, down, Crown bombed them. I shut his Follower of Bones down uh, with Men's Raider NCU and uh, Crown bombed uh, Crown Zapped him. So, yeah, uh, they are extremely vulnerable. Okay, that's. It's a pretty fair assessment. I think the, uh, I think the um, cave dweller savages not being able to take vicious and and not being able to take it to begin with, but um, altogether, I think it did, it did hurt them quite a bit. Um, I haven't really seen them used too much, even when people um, theory craft a list. So um, it'd be interesting to see if they go back to them and maybe give them another final tweak, or if they feel happy with where they are. So. I'd be interested in, in hearing from somebody who's having success with the, the updated Cave Dwellers, but um, sorry, do, do continue. No, it's it's okay. Uh, I, you're absolutely right. Um, for example, I think in Paris from the nine Freefork players uh, in the tournament, not a single one fielded Cave Dwellers. I mean, even at the, uh, if the opponent is at the second rank, they are as good as Spearwives for one point more. <laughs> so, I don't know. I yes. would not play them anymore. It's very interesting. So, um, if you don't have anything to add to your list, I guess we can move on to um, what game modes you guys saw first and what list you selected and um, who you're uh, what what faction you played against, and then kind of just give us a really quick rundown of that game and how it went, and uh, what you could take from that. So, um, do you want to begin? Yeah, yeah. Go ahead with you, Yannick. Yeah. Okay. Um, in the first game, it was Game of Thrones. Um, I placed played against um, a Night's Watch player. He ranked one place higher than me um, at the end. So it was a tough game. Um, wait, not Game of Thrones. It was, was Clash of Kings. Sorry. Yeah, Clash of Kings was the first game. Um, I did no something wrong, wrong in um, my notes. <laughs> it was uh, Clash of Kings. I played against a Nightwatch player. Um, I played my um, Rotrick list, also because it was the only list um, where I have one unit of cavalry. And also, Roderick has the ability when he came come back and redeploys in his deployment zone, then he can shoot on the unit who's standing on the objective. It was, um, yeah, it was a bit tough because he played a list with John as the commander and um, also healed his unit with veterans where John was in. Um, really good and healed them up all the game, and I was not able to remove them, and because I don't, um, I was not able to um, get Roderick on an objective, because he's just too weak to hold one, uh, I was 
I needed to um, hold both other objectives and yeah, I was able to do this um, nearly the whole game. And so we both got um, two victory points at the, at the end of each round. Um, and uh, the game timed out because, yeah. <laughs> the game opponent did, didn't know the rules. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that was a problem also. And also when there was a rule question, yeah, we, he discussed very long and so uh, the time ran out and I was able to, to win at the end, but we don't play, I think we only played four rounds and uh, I think we needed at least one more round, maybe even two, to finish the game properly, but yeah. <laughs> so we, we can add um, that the rounds are not only uh, 90 minutes as uh per the um, tournament document uh, from Simon, um, we played two hour games. So 15 minutes for setup, terrain setup, mission, uh, objective setup, and army setup, and then 90 minutes playtime and additional 15 minutes to end uh, the last round. Yep. So um, normally plenty of time. Yeah. Yeah, and, and we, we we played with with setup and so on. We played uh, one one hour and uh, f uh, forty five minutes, and after that the time ran out. Shortly after we finished the round, and then the round ended. And yeah, it, did, it didn't feel right um, this game um, because the time run out we have had so much rules discussions which which were unnecessary in my opinion and yeah it was an unpleasant game for you yeah it was an unpleasant game and it was the only negative experience i had at this tournament um yeah shit happens i i guess <laughs> and um also what we need to say um he also didn't speak that um, that much english so communication was also an issue. Um, yeah, I think there was very much factors um, which which made this game not as pleasant as I wanted it to be. But we can add um, there were several uh, players uh, who did not speak a single word in English. Okay, may maybe they uh, can say yes or no, but not much more. Um, uh, although they were pretty nice players and we had a lot of fun so uh, for example yep. i had uh, two players who did not uh, speak english and the games against them or with them uh, were a blast so um don't or yeah if, if the opponent don't speak english it um is no reason to be a bad game yeah also um i also have uh, games against the players who didn't speak much english um also the judges were really helpful um they can could translate something if there were very real issues when we did, can't understand each other or also um, the players from the other table left or right um were assisted mostly uh, assisted us yeah and it was a really good experience to get so much support from the players from the from the staff 
And yeah. yeah, I think that was also one thing that made this tournament so great for me. Yeah. Pretty, pretty um, friendly people. Yeah. yeah so. Okay. My first game, my Clash of Kings, um, I played the Reaper list because uh, the Reaper was designed for Clash of Kings uh, because I had Hama as in one point attachment uh, in the army, so I had kind of cavalry. Um, I played against Starks. I think Howland Reed Commander, if I remember correctly, but I'm not quite sure. So he had a lot of activations, but yeah, because my army was tailored for this game mode, um, yeah, I won by a pretty huge amount. I think something like 11 to 3 or 11 to 2 or something like this. Um, yeah, we uh, finished the game, I think, in 65 or 70 minutes. So, yeah. Pretty fast, um, very, uh, very friendly opponent. Uh, we had a lot of fun. Yes, easy game. Well, I'm glad to hear you guys had a lot. And um, it's interesting to bring up the uh, friendliness from the community and the other players. Uh, I think we see that for the, um, for here in the United States as well. Um, it just seems to be something about this game that uh, encourages a lot of friendliness. Um, having played in other war games just is not quite the same as it is with this game. And uh, I'm not entirely sure why that is, but it just seems like this people in particular, um, everyone's really friendly and uh, everything be focused on helping each other out. Uh, everybody openly shares lists and strategies uh, and everybody's glad to help everyone. So I'm glad that's the case for there as well. Um, because it's definitely true here in the U.S. Everyone's really friendly and glad about it. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, okay. Um, second game, I guess? Yeah, yeah. If you, if you want to go ahead, Yannick, with your okay. second game. Uh, second game was um, Winds of Winter. Um, so the mission with the um, secret objectives. Um, I played another game against Starks, um, who were fielded by Howland Reed, uh, 10 activations. Um, yes, <laughs> it was my highest loss in the tournament. Um, I, uh, it was a crushing defeat, I think, uh, 14 to 9. Um, yeah, 14 to 9. Um, I draw pretty shitty cards. Um, I had five cards, five objective cards at the beginning, and then um, claimed two additional times um, the diplomacy um, tactic field to draw another two um, mission cards, but it did not help much. So I had something like a killed enemy commander when he was an uh, when he had an NCU commander. Um, hold the center objective um, with free folk against Starks. Um, then we had some open missions like in the in the second round, um, get an infantry unit in the enemy deployment. Yeah, it was not that good. 
why my opponent had something like um oh sorry <laughs> uh why my opponent had something like um let the opponent uh, fail a moral check um with two of his um howland cards with make an panic check when you activate on his hand something like this yeah it was um not very pleasant and it yeah <laughs> my my feelings about this uh game mode are very very strong and it just yeah improved my feelings <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think i think after we go over the result how you guys did we're gonna briefly touch on uh what the thoughts are on using those secret missions. So we'll definitely be coming back to this at the end. <laughs> I think we both have really strong opinions about this mission. Yeah. Um, when we came, come to my game, um, my game went pretty fine, I guess. Um, my opponent and I draw relative normal cards, which we were able to, um, yeah, get to do in the game. Um, at least until the game ended. Uh, I've played against Lannister. Um, it was um, a ruse list with Mountainsmen, Crossbows, uh, Knights of Castle Rock, yeah, Cutthroats, yeah, pretty standard, I guess. Um, also five combat units. And yeah, I think we traded blow for blow. His um, crossbow went pressured me a bit um, off off the table at one side because I have um, with my Howland list not that durable um, units that can hold um, hold that long if they get shooted um, over and over again and yeah, I think we did even victory points each round with um, with our um, with our cards there was just one mission. Um, which I was able, one open mission, which I was able to do, um, that was kill an enemy combat unit that had not activated this round, and this gave me two additional victory points, which he was not able to do. And that was the point where I just get in the lead, and yeah, that was the reason why I won the game. Also, um, is um, killing an enemy, an unactivated enemy unit. Um, yeah, it was uh, it was set up before. Um, I didn't know it, but um, I was was able to do this um, combo with cutthroats and uh, not Krennicmen um, going forward, shooting at the enemy cutthroats at the flank. Then um, the mission was revealed, and I did this area and move where I go with area forward, then I shoot with the order, and then I shoot again. And so I was able to, to delete the cutthroats before they get they was able to activate. And so, yeah, more or less two, three victory points. And I feel a bit better for my opponent because he played pretty good in, in, the, in this game against me. Um, in the end, my lists um, or damaged him a bit but um, I think if it would would be in regular game uh, he would have an edge um, in this game um, 
yeah, he, he played pretty well. Um, I surprised him a bit with the Krennicman combo. Um, yeah, but I think he lost also because he didn't uh, was he wasn't able to do this one op mission, which gave me the two victory points, which was at the end the reason I won the game. And, uh, yeah, and also, also so you just won because you had luck. <laughs> uh, I think at the end I would tabled him um, with, if the round if it were, went one or two rounds more. Um, I think it ended after the fourth round, um, twelve to ten. Um, yeah, we we were able to um, to get victory points pretty evenly. So um, yeah, I, I, I think. I would have won in a normal game, um, but uh, yeah, it, it doesn't feel good to win this way. I won this game, um, also because he was a good, a good player, and also when you do something like didn't put your NCUs on the tactic board just to get victory points, it doesn't feel right, and. There's no counterplay to it. There's um, yeah, no no possibility to to your opponent uh, that yeah that, that he has control over the game, and also the other way around, he has had a card um, where he get one victory points for each panic test I fail, and yeah, he plays Lannister, so um, yeah, it didn't feel good to play to play this game mode. Um, also, I practiced um, the Winds of Winter a bit before I play, uh, go. I went to Paris. I also um, studied all the secret mission cards, so I uh, was able to predict a bit what he has on his hand as a secret mission. But to be honest, um, yeah, it doesn't didn't help that much yeah. but you did your you did your homework what you're saying. Uh, yeah I, I tried to but <laughs> yeah, we, we, <laughs> we studied the cards on the way to Paris <laughs> yeah I, I did my homework but the homework didn't help that much uh, I can I can say that I had an, uh, in this game an interesting experience where the followers of bone uh, really shined because uh, they got charged by um, outriders and uh, killed the outriders before they can hit me. So it was the one and only time in the whole tournament where the followers of Bones um, did damage to an opponent when he attacked me, and it felt pretty great. <laughs> <laughs> I think I did uh, six wounds with cut him down. Oh, um, wow. Then then two or there. Two or three times uh, trapper damage before uh, he charged me. So, yeah, I can see the smile on your face. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that wow. combo is brutal, to be honest. Yeah, essentially having a mobile panic token with the weeper, and then uh, cut them down on top of the failed panic test that they have to take yeah. before they attack you. Yeah, I could. See against something with bad morale i could see it kind of yeah, getting but, out of hand but um there are so many berserkers uh in the in the tournament 
that um, yeah, <laughs> this uh, horrific visage is not that good. Yeah, and, and even with um, morale six, um, they probably won't fail it, even with the reroll. Yeah, no, it's not a super strong ability. It's it's situational, and I think uh, you might get it to work for you a time or two and get this false sense that it's something really, really powerful. It hasn't been something that's come up too often and really hurt me too badly. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yannick, third game. Yeah. Third game. It was uh, feast for cross. I played against the, uh, the stock player. He plays first at the tournament. So I played against the tournament winner. It was the only game I lost. Um, He played uh, a Rob list with Rob and Shields, also Bowman, Berserker, Swan Swords. Um, also, he had control with Walder in his NCUs, which surprised me because I didn't saw that much control elements in Stark lists um, in general um, at, at, this, at this tournament. Um, yeah, at the top top-placing stark lists, there were um, control elements, but um, yeah, it surprised me. Um, not in the sense that I wasn't able to play against it, but um, yeah, I didn't think I, I would see one uh, at the early rounds of, of the tournament. Um, yeah, I, I lost 7 to 11, On victory points, um, he, um, I, I wasn't able to break his shields with Rob, um, which, which were on an objective uh, relative early on the game. Uh, on um, at, the, at the beginning of the game, he go, go, he went forward to this objective and claimed it, and yeah, I wasn't able to to kill him, and so he controlled the objective the whole game, uh, which brought me to a disadvantage. Also, um, my other flank, he, he killed a unit of sound swords with one charge. Um, yeah, <laughs> it was tough. I, I was able to, to kill his berserkers in return with, uh, with the bowman because, yeah, his, his abilities plus the, um, plus the crits on fives um, really helped. And Yeah, but is I that the picture that was on your Instagram? No, it was from one game okay. afterwards. Okay. Okay. <laughs> That um, yeah, I think I, I abused this combo really often at this tournament, <laughs> and my, my my opponents were really surprised on on it. Um, yeah, I, th I think I, I played this game really bad. Um, I think I should have. Um, on, I should have played it a bit different. Also, his, his um, Rob, Rob Rob's unit was on one side, and there was a palisade blocking most of the unit, um, which was a real problem for me. And I placed, um, I think it was Shaggy Dog on on this side to get rid of the palisade. But yeah, I would be able to do it on the on the second round. But I was first player in the first round, and he was um, first player in the second round, and he had Walder. 
and he sniped my dog before I was able to get rid of the palisade, and that was a huge problem for me. I think that was one of my biggest mistakes in the deployment to not put the second wolf on this side to just kill the palisade, then his um, shields would be way more vulnerable to my attacks. Also, I would be able to get in the flank. And yeah, I, I, I think that was was a problem which I didn't recover from uh, later in this game. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it went yeah, a bit wrong on, on, on this part because I was not able to, to get his flank on the other flank. Um, yeah, he had Mira in swords and uh, berserkers. I w was able to get rid of the berserkers, but he was able to um, to kill one of my units. And yeah, I, I wasn't able to kill his units fast enough, um, so he would he would not be able to to hold the objective. Also, he has three wolves where he can hold the objectives in his um, at the back um, of, of the of the board where the corpse pile from the berserkers went and yeah three wolves are really tough to kill especially in, in game modes where they can sit safe safely back on the objective and yeah wasn't able to to do that much in this game and I think I misplayed it from the start um, in the deployments. So, yeah, I think that was the biggest problem that I falsely deployed on the, on the table. Yeah. Okay, my second round. Uh, sorry, third round. Um, I played against Lannisters, um, a German Lannister player. Um, <laughs> I think it was the easiest game in the whole tournament. Ouch. <laughs> yeah. Um, he played Roose Bolton as commander. So so uh, he played um, a panic list. So Roose Bolton as commander accompanied by, um, I think, Cersei and Pycel. Mm, yeah. Then he had um, Flayed Man as his cavalry unit, um, a unit of Mountain's Men with Guard Captain, a unit of Mountain's Men, and uh, the fourth combat unit was a unit of um, Black Guard with Sandok the Gain. Um, yeah, what happened? Um, yeah, I, I chose the um, Hammer List. Um, I tabled him. By round four, I think, he got one victory point for, um, yeah, he's got one victory point for um, holding an objective uh, one round. And he destroyed me in total one radar unit. Yeah. Okay. He couldn't do anything against me. Um, the wolves blocked the charges. Um, then... I had um, the activation advantage. Um, with the eagle, I had the uh, distance, the charging advantage. Yeah, sorry. Um, they just 
couldn't do anything against my free fork. It was like a um, hot knife through butter. <laughs> yes. Like like, like um, beating baby seals. <laughs> Clubbing baby seals. It's a, <clears throat> it's a very interesting Lannister list. Um, I'm very surprised to see it. Um, I think that might go back to what I just said about that that combination with a horrific visage and maybe it's worked out a time or two and so they really kind of buy into that a unit of black guard eight points and i'm gonna find it really really hard to see that unit earn their eight points back because they're just so pillow fisted when they hit you back and it seems like this really good combination because yeah i'm gonna seriously on the unit that's attacking them they're gonna fail their panic test when they attack me and then they're gonna take d3 plus three but it just it's just it's not as scary as it looks on paper. Yeah, especially because um, nearly every army has a tool that uh, has good morale um, to counter it. So in uh, my game, um, I attacked it not once with a normal with an infantry unit. I just throw I think one bear at it and he killed them. So yes, no, no point in. Um, Going at them with something that's uh, that has uh, low morale, just not worth the points. Wow. Okay. So, um, yeah, interesting. Um, so, I, I guess uh, moving on to round four with Yannick. You 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 killed the entire unit of Blackguard with one bear, Michael. Yes. Oh, you're a bad man. <laughs> I think I, 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 I did a flank charge. Um, yeah. May, maybe even with um, fainting maneuver, but I'm not quite sure. Um, yeah, and <laughs> they are so pillow fisted that they uh, were not able to kill the bear. Yeah. And yep. so he hit again, and then they died. I can see it. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so on. I mean, every time he plays against against the German players, so yeah. <laughs> I, I think he, he was, yeah, now he can play play normal and <laughs> just just show my, my mean side. <laughs> my, my evil side. <laughs> well, with, with Lannisters having less activations anyway, um, I think they have to give up a lot to even put eight on the table right now. I think yeah. the most common lists are about seven. And uh, yeah, those bear lists just give me nightmares imagining playing as Lannisters against them right now. So yeah, very interesting. I'm I'm not overly surprised by that outcome, um, hearing that list and uh, what you chose to play him with, Michael. Uh, seems yeah. like it, <laughs> it seems like you had his number from the beginning. Yeah, also, I, in, in my opinion, uh, at the moment, Lannisters are the easiest victim for Free Frog. Also, because I think. The... Sorry. No, go on. I, I think Lannisters have uh, the biggest problem for them is that um, they have not enough activations to get their big units um, into combat at the right time. And also, they play with an, I think, old style of playing the game. Yeah. Um, which didn't age that well. Um, I think the, the the game after one point one point five um, 
change a bit to more activations and that uh, a list with more activations, especially Starks, uh, have an advantage. And yeah, that I don't think that Lannister were able to to do the switch and um, they have find to find the a right way. Tool, find the right tool against yeah. this like this. I mean, uh, the all the Starks play one kind of army uh, because they fared pretty well with it. Um, it has, yeah, it's a proven design, but the Lannisters at the moment have no proven design of uh, or proved army concept. So yeah. I think they need to move on. They need to try some different uh, kinds of armies. Maybe kind of a fate army, maybe kind of cavalry army, maybe kind of uh, Lannister Guards, um, High Sparrow, um, Spam army. I, I don't know. You really I want really to go back know. to the very dark ages of the game? Yeah. Well, I, think, <laughs> I think Lannister supremacy's come around full circle. Uh, I yeah. actually agree. I think a strong list with uh, two to three Lannister Guard with Captain. Because two scenarios require you to fail a panic test to drop a token. Uh, they're inherently pretty defensive with the three plus, and then having one free pass at a panic test is pretty strong. So I was, I was actually going to say, I think if I was playing Lannisters as much as I love Tyrion, I think I would go with the Mountain in one list because he's got his cards that allow them to uh, attack out of turn, similar to yes. Baratheon. Yes, and uh, that's right. one way to catch up in the activation game. Uh, you could charge into a bear, for example, and then overrun another. Um, and then I would think that the high sparrow with uh, some faith militant aspects, and then maybe aspects as well that I would. Run it. Um, but it's definitely um, it's pretty difficult to run it with some of the older lists. I think my Tyrion list, for example, just get beat so badly right now <laughs> i wouldn't even run it um that nine point unit of mountains men with so few activations they would be killed so easily right now yeah. in this meta also um when we look at the changes um stocks got changed um night's watch got changed fifa got changed um every faction that's good at the moment got changed um at least that's my opinion and yeah, Lannisters got changed, but they didn't get buffed, I think. So, um, of, of course, they buffed the uh, Hellbirds. <laughs> yeah, they, they, <laughs> sorry, sorry, that's not a point for me. I know. I know. <laughs> they, they buffed the Halberds and they buffed the Warrior Sons. But, uh... Yeah, and the Warrior Sons are worth it now. Also, uh, I uh, played them a few uh, games now, and I think really uh, Warrior Sons could be an answer to a lot of uh, issues or to a lot of problems um, Starks and other factions give them. Yeah, yeah I, I think they're really good. I think they're really good and they're strong. Um, but I think you build around them maybe instead yes. of just completely spamming them, which is yep. some, of, some of the lists that I've seen just spam then the army is just really one-dimensional, but uh, they're definitely. Yeah. Also with one-dimensional, if you look at the Starks, uh, Starks are very complex. They can build their armies in so much different ways and comp uh, combine ways. For example, you can have 
um, activation spam lists, which, for example, Holland's lists do or Rob Stark lists do, where you have nine or ten activations, which out-activates nearly every army. Um, maybe maybe not other Starks, of course, because they play the same type of lists, or they don't out-activate Freefog, but then you have um, stronger, str stronger, uh, stronger combat units and stronger yeah. activations. Yeah, I think uh, there's at the moment only one way to play Starks uh, successful, and that is activation spam. Yeah. Also, when we look at the commanders, you have um, control in this list with Holland, with Roderick, with Rob as commanders. You have control, not as hard control as Lannisters or not neutrals have. But you have soft control, and I think each type of control you can have, it's it's good normally, and you don't need hard control to to impact the game. With with soft control, you have not one big big tool of control, but you have um, lots of soft control elements in your list, and if you combine them, they Add up and they get gets you a greater value than just one big thing that gives you control. Oh. Yeah. Okay, game four, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> I think we talked a little bit too much about armies. <laughs> okay, um, game four was dense with dragons. Yeah, um, yeah. I played against another. Stark player, he played Howland as a commander. Um, he had only two NCUs, so only Tycho <laughs> besides Howland. Um, yeah, he had five combat units and Shaggy Dog, so we were even on activations. Yeah, he had stronger stronger combat units than, than I had. Um, I played just, just a second, I played uh, Roderick and the bowmen were a bit of a problem because they did um, a good amount of finishing damage to to my unit of swords, I guess. Um, but I was able to to kill them with my own bowmen, and yeah, that 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 was <laughs> that was um, not a problem. Also, he was able to get the Berserkers in one of my units of Sound Swords. And there's the picture on Instagram <laughs> where I played the crit card and on a unit that had already vulnerable on them. And with the rewards from Roderick, from his ability, I was able to get 14 hits with which with one attack. And he was not he hadn't a weakened token on me. So 14 hits with a vulnerable token on a unit uh, with, I think there were 11 wounds on the Berserkers. But yeah, man, did it hurt. I was able to kill the unit before they even had to do the panic test. And yeah, that was brutal. And yeah, that that's the ability that the unit has to just one-shot lower armored units. And especially with this combo. And yeah, a bit lucky, I guess. But um, I think 
that changed the game a bit, but um, the biggest part for me was that I had three NCUs and he had only two. And I was able to get so much value out of this. I was able to pressure him from the from the zones he wanted. Um, I was able to get zones I want and get the zones that I need for my tactic cards, which he wasn't. Uh, also, I had all, always a free spot where I can play sudden charge. So, yeah, <laughs> I, I don't want to say it was a free game, but it was more relaxed than than other games I had at this this uh, this day. Um, yeah, ju- just this one um, and see you this one activation. Um, that this NCU gives me, yeah, it felt so good. And yeah, at the end, I think we killed our list. Uh, I killed everything but one unit from him, and he killed, I think, three of my units. But also, I have to say, I sacrificed one of my units to. Um, so that I was able to get an objective and he wasn't able to recover this objective um, later this game um, because he was mispositioned because of the sacrifice unit and yeah, so I can can was able to run the game out just over objectives and he wasn't able to to get at my units and yeah (laughs) So uh, I think a pretty bloody game, but it feels so good to have three NCUs over two NCUs. And I think that was the biggest point on why I wanted won this game. Yeah, yeah. my yeah, I think yeah. so. it's a re- it's a really good point. It emphasizes um, some of the reasons you guys are adamant playing three NCUs since we're addressing some of the. Uh, United States guys who entirely sold on the idea. Uh, perhaps they should uh, listen to some of the feedback from that game where, um, yeah, it was very critical for you to be able to have all of those spots on the on the board open with him not able to pressure you. Yep. It just yep. kind of, it's beating a dead horse. You guys are already... <laughs> yeah, I think uh, some guys love us that we say it over and over again because they think 3NCUs are superior and also I guess there are a lot of guys who hate us because we always say 3NCUs far better than 2NCUs and I, I can understand both sides but yeah, I'm personally on the 3NCU side <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I think I am to, it's, it's probably a debate that won't die anytime yeah. soon so uh... <laughs> no. We'll, we'll but but I think like it's that. refreshing that um, people have success with two NCUs. I can't see really? that happening. Do they? Do they? Do they they, they say it? I, I, I don't know, but not not uh, at Germany, not in Paris, as far not as in I know. Europe. I yeah, I was having some success, but uh, it was. I'm I'm gonna, I'm gonna say that it was probably double flagman that was uh doing the work for me uh prior to <laughs> i think the the two flagmen with uh night's watch cards in general and some of john's cards uh just teleporting the flagman to where 
needed to be uh, allowed for me to, you know, not have to make such tactics board pressure because I was they they created such a uh, a bad spot on the board. Um, yeah, the free march watcher on the wall and the plus two to their movement when they had their profile, I was able to really really start cleaning up their activations. And then once I got the activation advantage, then it really matter but at the same time a lot of the guys i was playing were also only running two in so uh it was very it's it's well it's still very rare to run um into a list here in the states that's running three uh maybe some howling lists and once in a while those part guys are running two oh, ncus yeah. so um to, to be honest i was um the last player in the top 10 of the German players who switched from two NCUs to three NCUs um, at the beginning when it started from from two NCUs to three NCUs, so I was pretty stubborn uh, to switch, and I wanted to make two NCUs work, but after a bunch of tournaments, yeah, I realized I will come to a point. And after this point, I won't be able to to win. Or I, I when I'm able to win, that's because my opponent makes mistakes and not because I play better. And um, because the opponent is less skilled than you. I yeah. think you can win and, with two NCUs if you are uh, if you have more skill or much more skill than your opponent. Yeah, and also this won't happen at the tournament. Uh, most of the time, at the third or fourth round. You will face someone, um, yeah, that is at least as skilled as you are, and then he will beat you. And that was the experience I made on several tournaments. And after <laughs> after uh, a time, yeah, I, I changed to to three, and yeah, I'm I'm fine with it now, and it works for me, and I improved also. Um, because I see the game um, a bit differently now um, after I switched. Um, yeah, it's, it's just a different experience, and yeah, it's a good experience for me. I've I've also seen the light myself. <laughs> so, sorry, sorry, sorry Brad. <laughs> okay, all of the lists I've been making have three, and I'm I'm definitely I feel much more confident and. Uh, I feel much better about going into a game having the so I sacrifice maybe some attachments, but I found that the uh, the pressure on the board and the activation pressure is generally better. So I largely agree with you guys. So um, what about you, Michael? How was your uh, how was your? Uh, yeah, my fourth game was uh, against Rob Commander again a uh, ten activation list. Um, yeah, uh, we played Dance with Dragons. Um, yeah, he pushed pretty fast on the objectives. Um, I was able to kill one of his, oh, maybe I go over his list first. Uh, he had two units of Berserkers, one with Rickon and Osha, uh, the not, uh, another one with Brian and Hodor. He had a unit of um, Swan Shields with um, Rob Commander in it. And the fourth real combat unit was 
Um, oh, uh, unit of sworn swords with zero foral. So I was able to uh, kill the um, Rickon and Usher berserkers and um, zero foral pretty fast um, with the Weeper list. Um, yeah, and he got onto the center objective with his uh, Rob with the sworn shields. And on the other flank with the with one unit of berserkers, I, I just was not able to kill the shields. It took me, I think, three rounds to kill uh, Rob and his shields with, I think, three or four units engaged with uh, his unit. Um, the same uh, is true for his berserkers. So I charged in, for example, with the um, follower of bones, and I just was not able to make him fail any panic checks. Um, yeah, and then got uh, wiped out, I think, with one berserker attack and uh, the crown, with a crown zap. So, yeah, the problem of the follower of bones, the very low morale. Um, on the other flank, I received the objective when I killed his berserkers, but then got killed by, I think, Shaggy Dog, um, who took the objective, and then he just kept retreating. So I charged him a couple of times with raiders, and I just was not able to kill any wolf. Um, yeah. I think that was the game. Um, yeah, I... In the end, I killed two wolves, um, the sworn shields, the berserkers, and the sworn swords. But uh, it was not enough to win the game. So he won the game, I think, with 13 points to 10 points, something like this. Um, yeah. He just kept retreating, and I had no chance to kill him. I just didn't do enough damage. And uh, he was a really fresh player. I think he played. He started playing um, two weeks before the tournament. Um, his list was pretty good, but he did some mistakes or even even uh, more mistakes than some. Um, but he played. He, he had a game plan. He played to this game plan, and yeah, he was successful with this game plan. And. Again, I can say 10 activation Starks are a pain in the ass. <laughs> they are. That's why they are so powerful at the moment. Yeah. And uh, three wolves, they just don't die. <laughs> <laughs> as long as you play them, right? As long as you don't throw them into the path of danger, then they should be okay. No, even uh, I charged them several times and they just don't die <laughs> <laughs> you might have, you might have just had some yeah i i think i did a flank charge with the ra with a, a full raider unit um against the wolf with one wound uh yeah nothing happened oh wow wow <laughs> that's that's not normal but that oh. sounds typical for misha to be honest oh no but it was a great game. It was a great opponent. Um, yeah, and Starks are just uh, 
my nemesis. <laughs> and again, he had a free NCU, so I played the whole tournament always against free NCUs. I played not a single opponent with only two. Yeah, I think that's uh, pretty pretty popular over there for all of you guys. So I'm not really overly surprised by that. Um, wow, he'd only been playing for two weeks. He he yeah, brought down the the mighty Michael. <laughs> and he no, he, he even um, went to the um, top tables. Yep. Oh, that's that's crazy. I think um, he only lost two games in total. He was a pretty good player. He played, I think, Guild Ball or something like this before. So he is a competitive player from another game. And yeah, um, I think uh, he got the list maybe with uh, in cooperation with his friends who played a bit longer. And he practiced uh, against Free Folk before the tournament. So yes. It's also very rare because not, there are not that much Free Folk players out there. And so... I think Free Folk has a bit more surprise than than yeah. other lists. For example, the combo with the Granic Man on my part worked because my opponents were surprised by this combination. And I think it's the same with Free Folk, but in Free Folk it's not only one combo, it's I think the whole army <laughs> sometimes. And I think people got surprised pretty often if they play against Free Folk the first time or didn't play that played against Free Folk that much. But I think um, Free Folk is uh, much better known in the uh, in France than in Germany because in uh, France there are several Free Folk players and uh, they dominated the tournaments after 1.51. Uh, so so the weekend after uh, the update, um, I think two bigger tournaments were won with them. Um, yeah, so I think that's also a reason uh, why the French players um, practiced against them. Yeah. Also, to be honest, there's a real large skill gap in Germany between um, you and other Free Folk players. It's... Yeah... <laughs> It's not <laughs> large skill gap. It's uh, I don't want to talk about this. Um, at at least the players I played against and the players who participated tournaments. I don't know if there are other players out there I I missed, but yeah, there's there's a huge skill gap in Germany in in the free folk players and you. <laughs> okay. Um, let's go over to the fifth game: uh, Dark Wings, Dark Words. Yeah. Um, I played against Bereffians. He also chose uh, his list with free NCU. Um, yeah, I chose the Hammer list. And hmm, what shall I say? I think I lost not a single unit to him. Mm -hmm. um, I just, um, yeah, kept flanking him. Uh, one of the open objective uh, objectives was um, get a victory point for doing a flank attack. Um, yeah, so that helped me, of course. On the other hand, we had um, two cards where you get points from um, claiming um, 
Tactic äh, Zones, uh, Fields on the Tactic Board. Um, so he was also able to score a lot of points, but in the end, um, I out-activated him. I had the advantage with, with the bears and uh, with the numbers and um, with the speed. Uh, yeah, so I again got a crushing victory and he couldn't do anything about it because he just, yeah, he was too slow. He had uh, his footprint on the table was too small. Um, yeah, no chance. Sorry. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, they've so got I, I have the feeling there are two types of armies. Starks and all others. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. There's something true about this, to be honest. Um <laughs> no no love for my night's watch. Mm, night's watch is okay. Yeah, okay. Night night's watch is in between between Starks and uh the others. <laughs> okay. I, I think Night's Watch is okay. I think they do everything okay, but they do nothing that great, like, for example, Stark, though, or. Yeah. And I can out activate them. Yeah. <laughs> so it's awesome. Watch on the Wall. Typically, if you play against Night's Watch, you, uh, you notice when they have Watcher on the Wall on uh, their hand. So it's really obvious uh, against most players. So you just have to wait until he activated all his, his units and then watch on the wall is, yeah, doesn't have an impact on the game. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with that. It's, uh, it's really the only move card they have outside of a watch. Yeah. It's an incredibly card. Yeah. Um, yeah. So um, I can talk a bit about my game, Darkwing's Dark Words. Um, I played against Starks. Um, I won 16 to 3. <laughs> it, yeah, it was brutal. But to be honest, um, I, I played Howland and I played against the list led by Rob. And Bowman, then he had Shields uh, with Recon, Great Axis with Serio, Shaggy Dog, and Aria, Eddard, and Revis. And yeah, I, I don't know what the first missions were, but um, at the start of the game, I was able to go ahead on the, on the board, and he was a bit scared. Um, of my army and didn't push his unit um, um, much more into the table. Um, yeah, because I had more activations than him, I would be able to um, yeah just charge him if he have has no units left to activate. Um, yeah, so so I was a bit scared. He played a bit more reserved at the beginning and. I think he didn't need to, um, but he did, and that was also the reason why, um, yeah, I was able to go to the objectives. Um, I think 
at one point there was the um, the objective um, hold an objective and gain one victory point for each objectives you hold and something like this I I, I don't remember this this card hundred percent correctly yeah, and I was able to push him with my pressure away from the objectives um, because if he I was more more moved up um, to the middle of the table and the objectives were at the middle of the table except one which were on on his side and yeah I was able to pressure him away from the objectives and then I was able to claim four of them and at this point because of my pressure because I was near to the objectives um, if he wanted to go forward he would just get destroyed because there were always two units um, who would be able to attack him back if he if he want to charge me if he want to attack me um, also what I did at this end of the second round or the first round I don't know I th uh, one of the early rounds um, I moved my Kranikmans forward and did a move with um, moving them forward shoot and the next round I was first player then I would activate area shoot and then I would shoot again and so I was able to position the Kranikman at the end behind his Red axes who had a flank, and Zirio didn't help them with their defense because his ability Sorda is only against a melee attacks. Um, the only reason why his great axes didn't die was because he had added as an um, NCU, so he healed his units uh, quite a bit. Um, so at the end, I had my Kranich man in his one corner in his deployment zone. Uh, threatening his great axis, so um, he needed to um, move away his. Um, uh, wait, why are not in this list? Um, his outriders. He had one unit of outriders, so he needed them to go after my Krennic man, and I had the cards, one of Holland's card in the hand. Krennic uh, traps where they get suffer minus two to their um, to their movement, so they weren't able to charge them at first. So he wasted the activation. Um, so I was able to stall it a bit out. At the end, he he finished my unit of Krennic's men off, but his army was completely out of position, and yeah, his Krennic's um, died in the end because. Of um, not threat unseen because of uh, the Bog Devil ambush, we got just D3 plus two hits, and he just died because there were two or three um, berserkers left, and they were in long range of a Granikman unit, and so I killed them. I distracted the Outriders. I got a lot of um, points from the from the. Um, objectives and after that I don't think my opponent played after the objectives anymore um, yeah he he just wanted to minimize the damage he gets but at this point he would only have the um, have the ability to just push forward just 
she want she needed to try to destroy as much units as possible, but she played too much reserved and yeah he he wasn't able to do much damage to my army because he played too much reserved. I was able to score the objectives um yeah and end in the end I won because of this um yeah but but the biggest part of it was that I was able to distract two of his units with one unit of Granic men who are only six point and yeah he invested sixteen points to kill a six point unit and yeah that's also the power of Granic men and yeah it was I think the game winning move for me uh, at this point. Very nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're uh, they're an underrated. Yeah, definitely, definitely. especially against Free Folk. Yeah, yeah, but, but against most lists, most of the time your opponent has one, I say weaker unit which lower defense with low um, morale, and I think that's the the unit you pair up against the Kranekman. The Kranikman will just delete this unit with this one combo. Yeah, you need to time that correctly. You have a very um, small window where you can do this uh, do this combo, but most of the time, if you play it right, you will be able to do this. And also, Kranikman with their maneuver before they shoot, they have a fourteen-inch um, threat range. So yeah, they're just amazing. And your opponent can't avoid them. I think they are pretty bad. Please don't play them. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're a terrible unit. Yeah, just to remind you, not worth uh, their points. So I think they, they should cost three points or something like this. And until they aren't buffed, please don't play them. Don't try yeah. them. <laughs> to, be, to be honest, he's a free frog player. No. Just, just a reminder. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, but in the end, I think the cards in, in this game was yeah, it's luck, I guess. And yes, it is. I, I think with other cards, the score would not be that high. I think I would still be able to win, but yeah. Um. Both of my games, Winds of Winter and Dark Wings, Dark Birds, the cards didn't have that much impact as in other games. I think they were pretty even, I guess. But um, the impact the, can be great. The so impact you, can be great, yeah. But I, I think I, I have luck um, in quotes. Because I didn't get screwed up by the cards, and yep. my opponents, I think, didn't either get screwed up. But yeah, the potential is there, and, and yeah. yeah, and that's why I think these are not really good tournament modes because it's yeah, like random terrain deployment. Um, it can have a great impact on the game, negative impact to one player. Yeah. Or positive impact to the other. Yeah. And uh as um as a tournament player, 
as a tournament player who wants to play good and wants to get a high ranking. And I think Misha and I are both persons who want to play their best at tournaments. And a strategy, I think, it's always to get luck out of your games. So you play with a lot of dice um, on your attacks or get rerolls or stuff like this, which gets luck out of the game. Also control elements, also get luck of your out of your game. So in the end, if you if you play with methods to get the luck out of your game, the skill is more important than if you play just casino units or just just play something that it's only luck dependent. And yeah, the <laughs> the game modes are pure luck what what you get and that is really frustrating for us. And even if it didn't have an impact on me, I, I really wasn't happy that these game modes were played at the tournament. And yeah. So, yeah. Hello. Game what five? about? Oh, so, sorry. Yeah. Go, go ahead, Michael. Okay. Game five um, Fire and Blood. I played against Nada Starklist, uh, the fourth in the tournament for me, um, led by Rob. Um, yeah. I was pretty um, demoralized because uh, it's another Starklist, and I really hate this game mode for Freefork. Um, Fire and Blood is not uh, a game mode. Um, free for can win easily, yeah. so yeah. Um, on the other hand, he had not that much um, activations, I think only eight, if I'm not mistaken. So he fielded a unit of berserkers, um, with, with champion, um, two units of outriders, a unit of sawn uh, shields with Rob. Um, Gravind and free NCUs. I don't know. Oh, yes, of course. Um, he had um, uh, the Iron Banker. What is he called again? Tycho. Tycho Nestoros. Yes. Um, so Tycho, I think, added for the healing. And Sansa, maybe? Not quite sure. Yeah, it doesn't matter because he just was too aggressive. He charged uh, in round one. He charged um, full speed with his outriders into a unit, uh, into a marked radar unit. Um, yeah, and that allowed me to flank him with the um, adjacent uh, radar unit um, with surround and exposed. He was not able to fall back um, by using um, Hamas order and a swift advance. I was able to um, flank charge with the follower of Bones and the Reaper and deleted his first unit in, in round one. Um, yeah, and then the killing went on. Um, I think I only let alive um, the second Outrider unit and killed all other units from him and i think i won the game um with 10 to 2 points yeah just 
just because um, the two bears and uh, all the raiders and yeah, the follower of Bones just slaughtered his stuff. Um, Men's Raider deactivated um, the Berserkers with the champion because he did not field um, Catelyn. Yeah, so in my opinion, this was uh, a not optimized army list. Too few activations um, and played too aggressive. So easy, easy game for me. All right. So um, move on to the next round. Uh, maybe Yannick goes with his uh, yeah. fine blood. Yeah. Yep. Um, at the yeah the sixth round, I played against a free frog player. Um, I won three to zero. Um, the score was so so small. Um, because we we only had action at the beginning of the game, and after that, um, yeah, we had so much distance between our units that we weren't able to <laughs> to kill each other anymore. And because I was in the lead, um, yeah, there was no reason to go to him and give him the potential to to win <laughs> against me. So I, so I, I, after I got the three victory points, I just went back back and back and I played against Freefrog he had um, four riders um, also then he had um, the champions of bones with fragile shirt so I think the unit costs 10 points yeah 10 right. points 10 points then he had fan warriors with the reaper also men's well and equid uh, and he had also two two attachments in his raiders. I guess one was Harmer and one was the Chosen. And he pushed the fence with Rattleshot and one unit of raiders forward. You mean uh, the Chosen, not the fence, the Chosen. The fence and the Chosen. The fence and, and the Chosen, okay. Yes. And, and the unit of raiders, so three units he pushed forward. The other three he let behind a bit to defend his flank. Um, and I was able to pressure the three units with two of my units uh, much further away from the battlefield. So this, I separated his army in two groups, and one group, yeah, I didn't care about the three units of raiders, and the champions of bones and uh, the fence was a threat to me. He just focused on the, my most left unit on my flank. This unit, I guess, was also marked, and he charged in them. Uh, luckily for me, I had the, um, the Bowman with Roderick um, on the side, and Bowman, it, they were able to yeah, get <laughs> the, the champions down pretty easily, and also the fans afterwards. And yeah, he... he with the critical card? I think one time I played it, and I think that was the time I dealt the defense eight wounds, I guess. Yeah. Uh, the eight wounds who were left, he also healed his, his units pretty consistently. I, I think that was also a problem for me. 
And yeah, I, I killed the fence first because they were, were the only unit I, I was able to see. Uh, I was luck, uh, lucky that um, his, uh, his champions of bones didn't kill um, one of my units uh, because the units he attacked was marked and there was also victory token on him. And yeah, I was able to kill the fence and then I was um, then I distracted the champions of bones. I think I charged them with my outriders at some point. And so they were pinned down and I was able to retreat with my sword swords, which were really <laughs> really um uh, damaged. Um I guess at one point there were only two two uh, models on the tray left. Um but I was able to heal them at the end of the game. So the panic test wasn't an issue at this point. And yeah, after that um I killed the champions with my outriders and the um and the bowmen. So yeah, I, I combined both attacks on them and yeah, also my my um outriders lost a whole rank with one panic test because of um uh horrific visage. <laughs> that, that that was a bit brutal, to be honest. But um yeah, in the end, the end, the champions were chosen. The, the bone lords chosen. The, the bone lords chosen. Oh, damn. Yeah, bone lords chosen. Yeah, sorry. No, nee. champions of bones. Not, not this way. Bone lords chosen. Bone oh, it, 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 it can can be because he he showed me his card and I wrote down his his stuff, and he has the French card, so maybe that's the problem here. <laughs> Um, yeah, but but um, the bonus chosen. Um, yeah, they were pretty weak to to my attacks. I because I have lots of of attacks and yeah, they're ten ten point unit. They're very scary. But if they are not able to attack their target, which they weren't at this point, um, yeah, I don't think they are worth their points. And it's a heavy investment, which I. Was able to kill from afar, and also I was able to retreat my unit of swords backwards every time before I shoot at my opponent. So, yeah, I didn't need to do panic tests on my own unit, and so it was pretty safe. And after I killed his both of his units, I killed his uh, unit of raiders afterwards pretty easily because there were. The Bowman, the Outriders, and I think Shaggy Dog, who, who combined, attacked them and then just killed them. And after that, the three units um, he had left wasn't able to, yeah, just kill anything of my of my army. And so I just retreated backwards to my deployment zone and got yeah, one with three to zero and. Just one engagement in the, in the end, yeah. I think that's the problem with uh, the Bone Lords Chosen. They have a nearly the tech profile of um, Cutthroats um, without the vulnerable token. So against heavy armored targets uh, and even good morale targets, they are pretty useless. Um, 
Yeah, and they cost double the points. So I also tested them before the tournament and uh, discarded them because they just don't do um, yeah damage. Don't do. Um, they do damage, but they are pretty. Yeah, they're they're very situational. So yeah. um, you can counter them pretty easy, and yeah. that's a problem for them. Um, a ten point unit uh, just yeah. Too much eggs in one basket. Yeah, one one fourth of a free folk list. <laughs> it's yeah. yeah, it's gonna bring the activation count down, and uh, I yeah. think the bar is set pretty high um, for that army. If you're gonna spend ten points on a unit, they they really need to do something extraordinary. So I can uh, I can see where you're coming from on them. They while they're a unit that I would have to deal with if I saw them. I would probably, if anything, be a little bit encouraged if I saw them across the table because that would mean that they had spent 10 points on that unit and they would have less activations as a result and uh, fewer attachments and things of this nature. So um, they're still not not quite there for me. And the thing is, uh, with so much World of Phrase out there, they're pretty easy uh, 10 points wasted. And also, I have to say, I played Walder in this list, and yeah, he had the ability to shut him down with Ecrit, but I also had Varys, so I was able to shut Ecrit down before so his points in his 10-point units were wasted because most of the time they didn't have any abilities, and yeah, he wasn't able to do much with them. Yeah, and the the, uh, the chosen uh, the bone lords chosen don't play to the free folk strengths. So strength is redundancy, and this is just one big death star. And yeah, that's not a strength of the free folk. So priest drop the bone lords chosen with the rattle shirt attachment to five points. No. <laughs> so. Um... Yeah, I, th- I think that the unit is nice, but it has too many ways to counter it, and that's. Yep. I, I think I-, I would try to play it, and you-, you try to play it too. And I think if you can protect them, if you can also protect them from abilities, I think they are a pretty fine unit. But you cannot protect them against a skilled opponent. You no. cannot protect them. Even if you play Ygritte, you mute your own two points attachments, and that's not worth it. And in the end, if you play Ygritte to protect them, you invested uh, 13 points uh, into one unit, and yeah, not worth it. Yeah. Most of the time, you don't get uh, your points back. Yes. So, um, if you, we go to the last game, um, the final game of the tournament, um, I played against Night's Watch. Um, I, it was Game of Thrones. Uh, in this game, I won 2 to 5, but I was nearly able to kill the entire army of my opponent. Only one wound left on his uh, trackers. Um, I played Howland in this game mode because, like I said, um, I think Howland is the far better list um, of my two lists. And yeah, I really wanted to play to play Howland a bit more. And yeah, with Howland, I had the ability to to hold the objectives. 
Um, yeah, um, I, I was able to hold objectives in the backline. Um, at one side, he had crossbows uh, protected with conscripts who hold one objective and sound me a bit away from objectives. And um, yeah, that was also reason why I was wasn't able to get much points from the objectives. Um, and then at some point there was um, was was the situation at the start of the round um, b before any engagement happened. Um, I wanted to get the crossbows at my left flank, and I was thinking which unit I should activate in which order. So he needs to activate the crossbows first, and yeah, so he needs to activate the crossbows first. So my units of berserkers and Krennic men can advance without getting shot by the by the crossbows, and. I was thinking the, the game backwards um, at this point, and then the only um, solution I had was activate unit on my side um, to make a charge. I think it was a, a charge on a four plus. Normally, it's something I will never do in the tournament, <laughs> but because there were the only unit I had a was able to activate and the trackers they charged held an objective. Um yeah the, the I thought I have uh, two options. I just move with my unit and this will be just a waste of, of my time. I will um, try the charge and yeah my, my charge worked. Um and even if the charge didn't work I will most of the time go um, mod, uh, go a bit more of the distance I need to do and even if the charge didn't work next round I will be the first player and then I, will, I have the ability to charge so I connected the charge I don't think it had a heavy impact on the game but I think at this point it um, escalated the game even a bit more because I was able to um, kill half of the unit and he played watch on the wall to charge my unit of swords back. And from this point, it was a chain reaction. So from my right flank to the left flank, everything got engaged in seconds, I would say. And because I had the better cards at this point, and I positioned my, my units so that they will cover the flanks, the open flanks of my units. Um, so if my opponent charges me, I will always be able to charge him back. And so off the cover of my the units of mine gave the other units I, I engaged with my enemy, um, I was able to to get advantage um, positions where I have the advantage of the game because I connected um, uh, a flank charge or because um, I can separate units from each other and connect with two units on my opponent where he's, he isn't able to. And yeah, so nearly the whole game, uh, the, the, the whole table was engaged. 
except the crossbows, the berserkers, the conscripts, and the Krennic men on this side. And he, he, knew, he knew if he moved the crossbows, I will be able to, to charge him. And yeah, even with, um, with berserkers, it's really painful to get charged because normally you don't kill the berserkers in one shot. And then he, the berserkers will just murder you. And on the other hand, um, if he didn't move, um, yeah, he had a bad position and he couldn't support his units in the middle. And in the end, he decided to not move because he had an objective. So I was able to set up um, the charge for the next round. And yeah, it was brutal because I was able to charge the conscripts with the sudden charge and later was able to just charge the um, the crossbows. Um, yeah, and I killed both units in one, one round. Yeah, it was just brutal and I think the positioning in this game gave me, me the advantage over my opponent and that was also the reason I was able to play really aggressive and didn't lose much units. I think I only lost seven points. I th that sh that are the units of um, sound swords with zero I lost in the middle. Um, yeah, and I think only losing one unit to killing the whole enemy army is it's okay for me. <laughs> I would say, and yeah, in the end it was was just a killing game, and I killed four of his units, got a victory points over objectives, he get one victory point over objectives, and um, one from killing the unit, and the rest of the objectives were all um, contested, or we just killed each other left and right of the objective um, because we weren't able to play the objective game at this game. And I think I had the stronger army and a better setup um, to fight him. Oh, sorry. I was too early. What? Uh, finished? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Sorry, I talk, talk some, sometimes. <laughs> okay, I do the same thing. When I, when I go on I'm excited to, on, to talk on. about my games, Misha. I know, I know. Um, I think without um, visual uh, assistance, it's uh, hard to follow. Yeah, sorry. Sorry on that. That's okay. That's okay, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. My game, my final game was against the um, best friend, uh, French Freefog player. Um, I was very, very keen to play against him. Um, yeah, he's a super nice guy. Um, who knows, do rules good? Maybe we, it's, yeah, it's an exception. Um, because some, or maybe a bit more than some, uh, French players uh, had big problems with the rules. Um, so he was a pretty nice guy who also played a Reaper list. Um, we played nearly exactly the same list. So he had 11 activations. I had uh, 10. He fielded six Raiders 
um, a unit of trappers, followers of bones, um, with the reaper, um, hammer attachment, um, and then steer, lady Val, and of course, men's raider. Um, yeah, the game was pretty brutal. Um, he shut down my Reaper, follower, followers of Bone and Reaper um, from the beginning with his Man's Raider. I shut down <laughs> his follower of Bones um, from the beginning with my Man's Raider. Uh, additionally, I shut down his Hammer with my um, Egret. So it, uh, the game was pretty even. Um, he had uh, good luck with his tactic cards. He drew a lot of the Reaper uh, tactic cards uh, at the start of the game. I had luck with the dice, so we evened out. But in the end, um, yeah, I I was pretty aggressive and um, used my bear to to destroy his follower of bones. So um, the um, the raider unit with hammer and a skin changer is, yeah, some kind of um, fire and forgot weapon. So you use hammer, uh, you, you move the hammer unit to move the bear and then uh, activate the bear and just crash into an enemy unit. And in my case, um, I charged his follower of bones, uh, did huge amounts of damage because um, of the vicious. Um, yeah, and then some trappers and a radar attack uh, after the follower of bones were dead. Um, I uh, he focused on getting on the objectives um, because he had an activation more. It was easier for him, so he uh, had a pretty big lead uh, at the start of the game. I think he was at seven or eight victory points to two victory points in round three or something, three or four, something like this. Uh, but then I pushed pretty hard. I nearly tabled him. Uh, nearly tabled means um, he had two wounds left of his army, um, but had the first turn, so um, used uh, the Endless Horde to get the unit back before I killed his uh, last two wounds. So uh, the game ended, I think, with a normal victory for me because I yeah, had the board control and the objective control from uh, round four on. Um, yes, it was pretty interesting. It was extremely deadly. I think we killed in total about 150, 160 wounds. Um, yeah, it was just <laughs> a slaughterhouse. <laughs> and it was the best game of the whole tournament. It was the closest game of the whole tournament. It was the nicest opponent of the whole tournament. It just was awesome. And it was my third game against Free Fork in my whole uh, Sound of Fire time. And it makes a huge difference uh, who plays the army. So I had um, two tournament games in Germany against German players. And yeah, this guy was the first Free Folk player I met who really knew how to play them. 
So thank you for the games. It was a blast. So okay, he don't speaks English, but maybe uh, a friend of him uh, hears the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> it sounds like a really intense game. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it just sounds like a bloodbath. He only had two two wounds left in the yes. entire army. Yes, he had uh, a tr unit of trappers with two models left. And if he uh, would have been uh, the second player in this turn, I would have tabled him. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's that's hard to do against a free folk to, to kill every model. So, wow. <laughs> yeah, it was intense. It was really, really intense. And we both noticed that uh, it was the last game of the tournament because we were so brain dead. We did a lot of mistakes we would uh, normally not have done. <laughs> something, oh, yeah. li something like um, <laughs> using swift advance and thinking, oh, the steer uh, on, on the horse is my steer. Oh, wait a moment. I don't have steer in my army. Um, <laughs> oh, so, oh, wow. some, something like this. <laughs> or um, just forgetting that uh, there's a free spot on the tactics board and don't using man's radar. Oh, to, to, man. To be honest, um, seven games to play on two yeah. days is really intense. Um, I think you measured how much you're burning on calories. And <laughs> yes, you, you, you can tell it by yourself, I guess. Okay. Uh, first day, it, I had about uh, 5,500 calories uh, for the four games. And the second day, because the uh, games were much more relaxed, I had only, I think, 3,500 calories. Uh, I normally have 2,000 on a normal working day. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, the games are extremely intense. Yeah, yeah, get your blood, get your heart beating, and body yeah. temperature rises. Yeah, I can, I can actually feel my face radiating heat when I play. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's the thing. I think uh, uh, there are two groups of uh, players. The one group who just plays this style of uh, game, so just extreme intense, um, extreme focused, and then there are the more casual uh, types of players who never ever get this deep into a game and never uh, noticed uh, things like this. Yeah. Um, I think it's it depends on how you want to finish a tournament. If you have um, yeah, I, I think if you want to, to score high on, on the tournament um, to, to place high on the, on the ladder or even win the tournament um, yeah, I think you you need the right mindset, and I think at some point there's the difference between two players who are on the same skill level. But if one player takes the game more serious and just just thinks a lot more ahead than your opponent does, I think he will easily win the games. And I think that's that's the difference between. Uh, casual players and tournament players just how how much you take the game serious and how much you practice before and how much energy you invest yeah that's that's right 
Yeah, I would I would have to agree. Yeah. I don't think uh just a casual fun gamer is gonna, you know, sweat and <laughs> have his body heat rise. I I don't think that they can really be rattled in that way because they just don't have that expectation. And it's not to say that they're a bad player, but uh yeah, I think some of us take it a little bit more seriously and, and that's okay. <laughs> yeah, to, to to be honest, sometimes I have the feeling that uh, I need to step down a little bit when I <laughs> yes. don't play a tournament. So ju just take the games a bit more casual. And uh, most of the time, it's okay. But after some games, when I lost, I think if I if I took the games more serious, then I maybe had a ch had a chance and don't throw game away at some point. And yeah, it's it's really frustrating if you if you pl are playing and make mistakes you usually don't make and yeah i th i think that's the most frustrating thing and that was also one of of the of the things why i was a bit furious about me um after the game i lost because i think i made mistakes i should have avoided normally and yeah, yeah i think that's the problem you have you sometimes play casually just yep. don't do it <laughs> <laughs> yeah, always I, play I, hardcore <laughs> yeah I, I think um the, the problem doesn't lie on your opponent or how how he plays that he plays something um yeah you, you didn't expect but even if you didn't expect something normally you you have the tools to to beat it um and then it comes down to how invested you are, how serious you take it, and then you are, will be able to win. And normally you don't win games. Uh, no, no, you don't lose games because your opponent was stronger. Normally you, you lose games because you just played worse than your opponent. And at least that's the experience I made um, on my tournaments. And I think look at your mistakes and then you will improve and then you don't make that much mistakes on the next tournament and you will improve from tournament to tournament and get better results and yeah i i would back this except for um winds of winter and <laughs> dark wings dark words and yeah but but i think if you just discuss this this um these missions in a second i think these are the both missions we, sh we should not play at tournaments at all. Yeah, uh, where uh, skill can be mitigated by luck very easily. Yeah. Yeah, that was going to be the last thing I had us touch on. I think, I think we covered, you know, in between rounds, who, who you guys feel is the faction with the most advantage. I think, uh, I think you would agree that uh, Starks seem to be the strongest. Yes, so, by far, by uh, far. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I, I, I think um, Starks, to be honest, they don't have a clear weakness, and that's their biggest advantage. Also, they do everything f really good, what um, is, mom uh, is meta at the moment. So, activation advantage, check. Um, control, check. Good combat units, check. Good tactic. Um, yeah, offensive tact tactics cards. Yeah. Uh, yeah, check. So you 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 have everything you want at the moment. Um, how the game plays, and no other faction can do it. And yeah, the 
game at the moment is just perfect for Starks. And everything together is why Starks are so good. And I don't think one thing uh, especially helps them. Okay, everything helps them, but there's nothing which would say that's too powerful at their own. It's the sum of all parts that are too powerful at the moment. And yeah, I, I think I think Starks have because they just have everything and no other faction has has this combination on, on stuff, which is at the moment why Starks win, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I th- I think I think I um I think I mostly agree. Um I think for me the clear at least top three would be uh Starks uh freefold and uh maybe Night's Watch right now. Yeah, yes. I think that's the top three, but uh, Starks definitely on the top. And after these three factions, there's a large gap, I would say. Um, yeah, uh, you can see in the tournament, uh, the at a, uh, in the top 10 places, there were um, six Stark players, yep. three Night's Watch players, and one Freefog player. So, and... yes, Night's Watch and especially Starks are <laughs> by far at the top. And the best uh, Lannister player came in at place 16, I guess. Yes, place 16. Huh. Yeah. And I think Lannister were the faction with the second most players. Yes. When I remember correctly. 24 players and 30, uh, 31 Starks. Starks, yeah. After that, Night's Watch and I think FIFA ranked fifth, fourth. Yes. Yeah. With, with under 10 players, I guess. With nine players. And yeah. then comes um, Baratheons with six players, Targaryens with three players, and Neutrals with two players. And how did, uh, how did Targaryens do? I don't have that list in front of me to see the results. Yannick, do you have the list? Um, not it's not the big. It's not a huge deal. Uh, that information is available for anybody that's listening. You can go see where all of the houses ranked. But uh, I think we, I think we all also agree that uh, the secret mission scenarios, Winds of Winter and uh, Dark Wings, Dark Words, they've done some things to make them a little bit better. But I don't think that. Uh, I don't think that they should be used at any competitive tournament still. Um, no, definitely they, not. they rely a lot on luck. And uh, no. I think a player that's maybe a better player can lose to a player who wasn't necessarily better than them, but maybe just got better secret mission cards. And I, I know that people would argue that a lot of this game has to do with luck anyway, because of dice rolls, things of this nature, but you can always put yourself in a better position to, to mitigate some of those or to take advantage of some of those but i think i think with those secret missions it can completely take the game out of your control and uh, yeah. i think that's the problem with those missions so um dice are dice uh, you can't do a whole lot about that but uh yeah i think the i think the secret missions are a different kind of uh just bad luck and uh, it's yeah. Yeah. also normally good players um have lots of ways to to get around luck in the dice. So Especially if, if you roll a lot of dice. Yeah, 
roll a lot of dice or re-roll the dice. It's a re-roll normally doubles the amount of dice you roll. So the, the luck goes away just because you have a wider range of, of dice you're rolling. And also uh, uh, abilities from cards or for, from NCUs or, or stuff like this. Also, the, these are not tools where the luck of a die roll is, is important. And so lots of players just play control style list because there's no luck in the control side of the game. And so you are guaranteed to get um, yeah, to, 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 to get your effects without rolling a dice, without any luck. And you can get advantages just over this. And so good players yeah, usually have the ability in their list to get around luck pretty good. And yeah. The game was just destroys this. And yeah, <laughs> I don't like it. Okay, uh, I just checked. Um, Targaryens came in at place 15, so they are better than Lannisters. Ouch. Oh, wow. With just the starter box. Yep. Ouch. And Baratheons um, were the least good faction. Yeah. Um, at the best Baratheon is at place 42. Mm -hmm. Ouch. But to, we need to say neutrals, there were two neutral players at the tournament, and I think they ranked 11th and 12th. Yes. So Overall, the best faction. Overall, yeah. And, oh. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Well, I, I think we can. I think we can wrap it up, guys. I, uh, I really appreciate you guys taking all of this time to kind of cover some of these things, and I think, uh, I think our listeners here in the U.S. will be interested to hear these results, um, because there's been a lot of discussion that uh, maybe Starks uh, just got nerfed so badly that they were <laughs> unplayable. So I think it's definitely <laughs> makes for an interesting conversation. So we'll see no. what they what they think about this podcast and uh, I'll start the conversation with them and uh, maybe they should reconsider uh, how they feel about Starks. Yeah. Uh, just, maybe... just as a Stark player, I, I have to say Starks are definitely not nerfed in any way. Yeah. They, they yeah. got buffed with 1.5. They get buffed with, they not get really nerfed with 1.5.1. Only the great axis, but um, yeah, the you don't great, need great axis to be good. The great axis were good in 1.4, 1.5, but you don't need them. There are other ways to to get the same effects like great axis um, did before. You just need to um, reconfigure your lists and just build your lists a bit, uh, yeah, a bit differently. And then you will have success with stocks, and yeah, and you can. Uh, we, we noticed that um, the top players um, played a minimum of two wolves in every uh, game. Yeah. So there were no top players with only one wolf or without a wolf. So the one victory hey. penalty um, is definitely not. Uh, yeah. 
don't scare them uh, to take the wolves. So the wolves for one point or even zero points, yeah, I think they cost uh, about zero points, um, are just, yeah, extremely important for the Starks and are force multiplier. Yeah. Also, yeah, there are not that much ways to kill a wolf yeah. from afar. So they can sit in the backline pretty safely and mm -hmm. just um, be an activation control. Yeah. And even for that, they're, they're worth their points or the points from the attachments. And in I think in Infinity, we say they are cheerleaders. Yeah. And, <laughs> um, and, and I think the attachments they have are also, without a wolf, are also very point effective. I yeah, don't think. Worth the they, points even without a wolf, yes. Yeah. And the wolf is. is <laughs> you, 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 you just need to think of a wolf like a one point unit and then you would get osha for free okay you have recon but the <laughs> unit of of uh, recon doesn't die if you play them correctly they died once in the tournament on, on my side and before that uh, i need yeah i don't lose recon to be honest um, just because they sit safe on one spot on the table where there is not that much pressure from my opponent, I think that goes down to how you deploy your units and um, yeah, just, just this one activation is at least worth a point. And yeah, I, I, I'm an, I'm a Stark player, so it's a bit counterproductive to say that, but wolves are good, and I think they are not the only problem. Starks have right now, but they're one of the bigger problems. Yeah, the, the problems to, uh, that makes Starks stronger than the other factions. Yeah, one of them, yeah. Yes, so... All right. Well, again, I really appreciate you guys' time, and uh, I hope everybody listening to this um, gets a little bit of a different perspective from the... Uh, from so many people playing at this tournament and uh these two gentlemen here are fantastic players and uh if you get the chance uh i know that tabletop warden doing some english content uh um, yeah. <laughs> their content is fantastic now it's it's mostly german but uh they do occasionally do some english content and uh these are two really really good players so if you get the opportunity to check out some of their battle reports or any of their podcasts, it's Tabletop Warden. So uh, give them a listen and uh, check them out. And uh, yeah, we really appreciate you guys. Yeah. Maybe even uh, next year, if the tournament, if the uh, Masters of Westeros um, are held again, maybe some American can come over. I mean, 100 players. It's near Paris, so you can uh, book a direct flight. Um, yeah, not much traveling. <laughs> Participate I will. if the coronavirus is dead uh, <laughs> by now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By yeah if, if it's not ruined, I'm going to make it a personal goal to get out here and uh, and roll dice with you guys. Yeah, so, that would be awesome. It's definitely something I want to do. So, um, yeah, until then, we'll. We'll have to play the tournament scene kind of by ear and uh, yep. 
yeah, we'll just have to wait it out. But I think, <laughs> I think once the local stores open and uh, once some tournaments are able to be held again, I think they'll be busting through the doors to to get in and and play some games <laughs> that they've been kind of holding back on. So, yeah. Well, That's... I appreciate you guys. So, um, close it out. Uh, thanks for your time. Thank you for having us. All right. Well, you guys have a good. Uh, it's is it morning for you guys, or it's pushing really late at night, isn't it? It's midnight. Oh yeah. no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, you guys get some rest, and uh, I'll talk to you guys on the later. Okay. Thank you. All right. Thank you. See ya. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.